Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is Sunday in the fourth week of Advent, and today's homily is called A Christian Heart. Let's begin. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how Jesus Christ came to be born. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a man of honor and wanting to spare her publicity, decided to divorce her informally. He had made up his mind to do this when an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because she has conceived what is in her by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you must name him Jesus, because he is the one who is to save his people from their sins. Now all took place to fulfill the words spoken by the Lord through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord told him to do. He took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. So we're now only one week away from Christmas Day, as hard as that is to believe already. It's at this time of year that emotions can run high in all sorts of ways. There's the excitement of gift giving. There's the anxiety of preparing our homes to host lunches and dinners for family and guests. And there can also be the sadness at this time of year of remembering loved ones who are no longer with us to celebrate. But amidst all of the emotion of the Christmas season and all of the activity, the frantic activity, it's important for us as Christians to never lose sight of the real meaning of this holiday this holy day. At Christmas, we celebrate first and foremost, above everything else, of course, the birth of Jesus. Christmas is literally the mass of Christ, the mass of Christ's birth in particular. And so if we look at this season, this time of the year through the eyes of faith, even our secular traditions reflect the sacredness that is Christmas. The gifts that we exchange around this time of year, they reflect God's ultimate gift to humanity, His Son who saved us from our sin. The intentional time we spend with our family is a reminder that we've all been adopted into God's family through the extraordinary grace of baptism. So the coming of Christ is not just something that we celebrate about the past. It's not just some distant memory in history, but an acknowledgement of the ongoing presence of Jesus in our lives through the sacraments of the church, especially the sacrament of the Eucharist. In a sense, the extraordinary mystery that we gaze upon in the nativity scene is recreated at every Mass when Christ comes and makes himself present among us on the altar, just as he was present in the stable with Mary and Joseph 2,000 years ago. So he is with us now. So today, as we celebrate this Eucharist as a community, Jesus invites each of us individually into personal relationship with him. But we might ask ourselves the question, what does relationship with Christ really look like? Well, I think St. Paul answers that question for us in the second reading. He says, Christians are called to belong to Christ. We are called to belong to Christ. In a word, the moment that we were baptized and set apart as Christians, our lives were no longer our own. They were given over to Christ. In fact, that's what holiness means. In Greek, it comes from the word hagios, meaning to set aside for a particular purpose. Belonging to Jesus, therefore, means that we've been set apart for his purposes. 
which means our lives should not be characterized by selfish desires or self-centeredness, but instead to place Christ at the center of our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And I understand it's a, it's a good definition of holiness, but it's easier said than done. So what should that look like? What does holiness and belonging to Christ look like in our lives? Well, one sure sign that a person is living a Christ-centered life, a holy life, is their ceaseless concern for others above and beyond themselves. Now, I'm sure that all of us know people like this, inspirational people whose lives are dedicated to the service and the care of others. Think of social workers, especially those in Vinnie's around this time of year with a Vinnie's Christmas appeal. We've had healthcare workers over this time of pandemic, you know, nurses and doctors working around the clock. There's teachers passing on their wisdom to children, firefighters who save lives, and from the Christian context, missionaries who literally give up everything to spread the gospel of Christ. Now, the reason that we find these people so attractive, I think, is because their self-giving service reflects the generous love of Jesus, who gave everything, even his life, for our sake, for our sin, because he loves us. Now, I'm sure we'd probably consider ourselves lucky if we met a handful of people like this in the course of our lives. But this life of holiness, this life being set apart and centered on Christ, is precisely the life to which all of us are being called. A life of selfless service in love of God and our neighbor. The kingdom of God on earth, what we call the church, is supposed to be a foretaste of the eternal kingdom in heaven, where all of us will be united to God and each other in a bond, an eternal bond of love. So just think, if one holy person, one saint can be an inspiration to us in this life, Imagine what a whole community of holy people, a whole community of saints could do. It could change the world. When I was thinking about this idea, I was reminded of the Amish communities in the United States. Not that we should all become Amish, but I think there's some characteristics of their communities which we can really learn from. So basically, whenever one of the farmers in their community needs a new barn, the whole town gathers together they pull together their resources, their skills, their strength, and they assemble the barn in a single day. And everyone in the community is happy to help one another because they know that when their time of need comes, the community will likewise be there for them. There's no sense in the Amish communities of anxious struggle trying to make their own way in the world as an individual and build up a big nest egg of personal security because the assured love of their community based on self giving service of one another. That is their insurance policy. Their insurance policy is love of neighbor. And I'm sure while it's unlikely that any of us need to have a barn built in our backyard in the coming days, the same Christian spirit of love and service should animate even our parish churches. Because that's what it looks like to live a Christ-centered life. And I think we should really reflect on ways in which we as a community can reflect that self-giving love. Above and beyond service to our neighbor, St. Paul identifies one other mark of a truly Christian heart. And I want to finish on this point. It's what he describes in the second reading today as obedience of faith. Each year around this time, we begin singing that famous Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And we just pay attention to that second line, glory to the newborn King. Jesus is, of course, our Lord. He's the Son of God. He's our Savior, but he's also our king. 
Jesus is the ruler of our lives. We celebrated this a few weeks ago on the Feast of Christ the King, which makes us his subjects and we're called to follow his law. And that's exactly what St. Joseph teaches in the Gospel today. As soon as God made his will clear to St. Joseph, Joseph simply obeyed. And that's what makes him such an inspiring saint. There's no way that Joseph could have possibly understood the supernatural nature of Mary's pregnancy, at least in its fullness. Joseph would have been fully aware of all of the the gossip that might spread about Mary throughout Nazareth and the potential damage to his own reputation. Joseph could have sat down and demanded that the angel give him a full account and a detailed explanation, detailing his own, satisfying his own reasoning as to why he should go ahead with this task. But instead, going against his own initial human desires and expectations, Joseph just trusted in the Lord and obeyed him without reserve, knowing that the Lord loved him and that his will was for the best. We as Christians, of course, are called to do the same as St. Joseph, to follow the will of God, even if it frustrates our desires and expectations sometimes. We're fortunate enough today to live in the age of the church where we can come to know the will of God through reading the inspired word of God in Scripture, listening to the teaching authority given to the church by Christ. We can find God, his will for us in the moral law of the commandments or the example of Jesus in the Beatitudes. And we can discover his particular will for our lives through personal and regular prayer and the quiet voice of our conscience. So let's take St. Joseph as our guide today and make a commitment not to leave the church today without obediently saying yes to whatever it is that God wants for our lives, trusting that his will is the best thing for us. May we follow St. Joseph's footsteps and strive to fulfill the divine plans that have been set out before us, both in this community of faith here in Holy Name and wherever you are listening to this podcast, but also in our own individual circumstances. So we might just pause a moment now to close our eyes and ask God to send his spirit upon us to give us the grace of obedience. Heavenly Father, on this Sunday before Christmas, we come before you with hearts full of gratitude and of joy. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, we are reminded of the immeasurable love you have shown for us in sending our Savior and King. Help us always to keep our Lord Jesus at the center of our lives and to follow his will with an obedient yes. May our lives be filled and characterized by selfless service and faithful obedience to you. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus through the intercession of our blessed mother, Mary and St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word and the Average Shepherd podcast, you can do so by putting it up on social media or sharing with anyone you think might benefit. Thank you and God bless.